Welcome back to the Getting It Done podcast. Guess what? It's episode two. So this episode was a lot of fun to record. We um we had Lee and Addison down from P and Co, a global lifestyle brand. Um, got to spend best part of a day with them. Went out for some lunch at Spoken Stringer in Bristol. Had a bit of a wander around, showed them the sites before we set up shop in the recording studio. We record the podcast out of. It was really humbling to to get to know Addison and Lee, two people that are clearly immensely passionate about what they do, and it's evident that that passion has stuck with them, you know, from the very beginning up until now, and it seeing how they've created this company that I, I myself am a huge fan of but how they are still very much humble and, and stick to their roots and you know create things that I, I think Addison mentioned that you know they don't they didn't start a brand to create cool things they started designing things that they liked and it definitely looks like that they've you know stayed true to that throughout the growth of this business we kind of lift the hood on P&Co and, and look at kind of what where Addison and Lee both met um, where they kind of came together with the ideas um, and what stages of their life they were at um, right through to some of the obstacles they faced as a business and growing a team um, and then the upsides of creating a network of creatives um, around the world after the podcast go to p&.co um, or just search Provisions and Co. in Google, and the guys at PNCO have given us 20% off for all of our listeners. So just use code Getting It Done at the checkout, and that'll be 20% off for everything. So if you're a fan of the PNCO brand, or interested just to find out from two people on what it's taken to get them from drawings in a sketchbook on a, in a coffee shop to a global lifestyle brand, then pour yourself a cup of tea. And enjoy this sit down with Addison and Lee from P and Co. So, hello, gentlemen. Hello. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, really good. So, you are the creative director and CMO of P and Co. Yes, yeah. John, I didn't realise quite how how big your brand was until I started mentioning to. I don't know my kind of closest circle that I you know the guys from Pinko are coming down. They're like, no way, Pinko, no way, Pinko. It's cool. D- d- <laughs> yeah. Does it feel like that's been a long time coming for you? I mean, we sort of six years in now, but I think we sort of had a few years at the start when me and Addison met, and we were sort of figuring out what the brand's going to be. But it is still crazy to see people when you're walking down the street that someone you know does either like. No, he's wearing a t-shirt or something like that. Is it's quite cool, isn't it? Mm. Like, I mean, we never set out to you know to be popular or anything like that. We set out to make good products and amazing you yeah. know, clothing that people could relate to and make a brand that people could be engaged by. So you know, it's a massive bonus that people it, it has grown how it's how how it has done, mm. and that people are you know recognizing the brand globally and in key cities in kind of countries so it's really humbling I guess isn't it it is really I mean we were in Madrid recently and there's sort of people come up to us in a little cafe and they were like oh you're the Pingo guys and you know they, they, they were calling off like shoots where we'd just been and they were like oh did you meet up with such and such and 
it's crazy like there is quite a network of like-minded people out there that all sort of enjoy the all different elements of the band yeah. it's, it's crazy and and for those that maybe aren't so familiar with your brand how would you kind of sum up the kind of brand's aesthetic or kind of messaging I mean we've got the thing internally that's like we want our customers and even internal values is like think free live free so like everyone whether it's staff or freelancers we work with we're we encourage them to be like free thinkers so you know no one puts like a hand up in the office and goes oh I've got an idea but it might be crazy you know we encourage that like big idea mentality and that's kind of how we built the brand but then by thinking free you get the outcome which is living free so you know we can go to these like cool locations and shoot with amazing people across the world mm. and that's what the essence of the brand is is think free live free it's you know it's it's riding a motorcycle is an essence of freedom it's you know picking up a paintbrush on the weekend if that's your if that's your thing it's how you explore your creativity really and that's how the brands come together through all of our sort of passion really <coughs> has that been something that's been there since the very beginning for you guys yeah i mean there's an essence of it yeah i think we were like we just did stuff because we thought we it'd be cool and we wanted to give it a go it was kind of just like what our cre- creativity was kind of funneled into t-shirts into denim into coffee into bikes into artwork so at the start it was literally just we were being completely and utterly free yeah. just having fun with it yeah. yeah anything that we you know that we made and did well and made a bit of money off that it was kind of like right what can we do with this money for the brand and we just kept yeah. you know funneling it into different projects and different um, products and it, yeah. it was we were really kind of open back then and it's kind of grown into what the business is today I mean we're 14 people now so we do have to be a bit more you know um, strategic strategic in I guess what, so, yeah. In, yeah. in what we are working on but we still have that aspect of you know if, you, if you've got an idea let us know and we'll explore it it is really back in the day you know it was very much oh we want to do this I've got this cool illustration for a t-shirt but then it was like you know I found this like a guy selling some Japanese selfish denim and I know a bloke down the road that's going to make some jeans and it was like we had an idea and we were like yeah let's make it yeah so but now obviously we're building bigger ranges and we're thinking about like expansion of the business and the lifestyle brand it's it is, it is more strategic thinking now but I think that's what people liked about us at the start they were just like we're two guys from Birmingham that weren't really you know we're not fashion background are we yeah, at all we, we weren't going to say that. trying anything we, we just did it as you mentioned about like the early stages kind of you know making some money off of you know that those first kind of initial ideas so I assume this was kind of a bit of a part-time thing for you when you first started then? Yeah, it yeah. was. So what were you doing before? I mean, we met like playing in bands. So I was in like a little band and we got signed to an indie record label and I was doing design there. Mm. Um, but it you was weird because we'd, we'd kind of, I'd never been in a room where I'd had that spark with someone that really got what, you know, what was about creativity-wise and, you know, things I wanted to create. We just sort of both sort of we liked work together it was yeah. had the same interests yeah straight off the bat we started kind of uh, a design agency almost off the back so it was just like what can we do for people you know with this mm. creativity that we wanted to it's kind of creativity pursue. and enthusiasm yeah so yeah. We, we started designing for bands I think we designed some stuff for like um, Aurora Arcadian Kicks kind of indie, indie bands back then but the designs were really working for them mm-hmm. and I think a few of the bands their merch was you know <laughs> sounding quite well sounding yeah quite we, well. Were. And we were kind of like right this is kind of working how do we um what what's the next step for that and we, mm. we we've always been you know fascinated by brands and you know mm. how do they do it you know all saints you know vans levi's 
we've always been a fan of these brands and not just of what they do but the story behind the brand as well so it's kind mm. of like right how it becomes more than just a t-shirt really yeah how you sell a lifestyle. that lifestyle and mm. we gave it a go yeah <laughs> so at what point did you think wow this is this is going really well um you know actually we're making something of this did you decide to then make it your kind of full-time gig or was mm. there that kind of obvious switch I mean, at the start, we were literally doing like four or five orders a week, uh, and it just, yeah. it just, you know, out of Lee's house at the time, and he'd just be, you know, packing and picking the orders when he could, and then it moved into my house. So it's kind of just, you know, where, where we could be comfortable enough to, you know, take a bit of a wage ourselves, and obviously still grow the business because we didn't take any money from the brand for kind of the first twelve months. I think mm-hmm. we just reinvested anything and. Uh, and put it into you know marketing and products and things like that so it's kind of just it's weird how I don't know how we decided it it kind of happened naturally I think that's why it felt so right because say I was at uni at the time but I'd worked like a screen printing place in Nuneaton so I knew a fair bit about screen printing I knew how to you know sort a t-shirt out so and I'd got these I'd meet Addison on like in the weekdays on my way to uni I'd have like this armful of sketch sketches and like ideas for stuff and I was like like come and have a go and we'll start printing and stuff like that but say so then it was you know we had a first run and I found a sketchbook the other day and it's got like a little tally chart of all the styles and I think we had like 50 t-shirts for the first run and I showed the guys in the office and they were like that's really cool like because the guys see the orders now come in and like what we're making and they're like as if you started out by you know two t-shirts it's, it's, it's pretty cool really. probably as well <laughs> yeah we got black and white and whatever yeah. we could get really yeah. so what were you doing when you were obviously you know, this was at that point it was still you know a bit of a side hustle not taking any money from you know the brand at that point what were you what, what were you doing outside of that then I assume you had I, kind of yeah, I, I was working kind of nine to five in an office job um, doing kind of IT tech support for a law firm oh, cool. so completely different <laughs> but it did give me a bit of knowledge into you know systems and yeah. marketing how, how a business kind of ran so that that was kind of beneficial for me for sure but I'd also be doing things on the side like doing f- photography you know graphic design and then being in with the indie record label I was able to give a bit of my marketing advice and things like that and mm. just kind of yeah had had my finger in a lot of different pies I guess but um, yeah then for me I was a, I was studying uh, visual communication at uni so it was a bit of branding photography yeah, all that sort of stuff so I was kind of, I don't know, it made sense to me in hand because I was obviously more, was probably more creative than I'd had the business, more of a sort of business side that just kind of mm. gel. Say at the start I was delivering, I was always late to university because I'd be like <laughs> dropping off like five orders to the post office. <laughs> did you finish university? I did finish university, yeah, I could probably say I did. But <laughs> yeah, everyone just was just like, the, you know, these ampersands aren't going to go anywhere or my lecturers would be like, Lee, you really need to start paying attention stop stop drawing everything yeah <laughs> stop drawing all these eagles everywhere <laughs> so, <laughs> i can kind of look back now and be like yeah but yeah i think we met once and you you had like this skull design with like death before decaf on it because we we're literally like working in and out of coffee shops all the time and i was like yeah i need to go on a mug so you just got like random ideas like that but we we literally launched that mug the day it came into our studio and i think we sold like 400 in a day mm. We knew wow. just, it just we knew hit a nerve like straight we knew away. We shoot things just like random. Well, so yeah, it was like a quirky idea like that. We knew we could, you know, turn it around quite quick and get it online. I guess I, yeah. I, I tended to look a lot on 
you know, on social media and look at what people were talking about, what was going on, and tried to take a bit of, you know, inspiration from that and then put that through to our products. Mm. I think you were looking more online, whereas I was more real world. So I got inspired by where we lived, because near as it's the jewelry court in Birmingham, and I'm like a type geek, I like my typography, and mm. around there it's all the old factory buildings, and you know, even now, like the business name above Provision Co is Clark and Tinder Limited, it's got that vibe of the area and it's all like really nice typography and you know that that's why I live there now because I can walk around with the camera and still be inspired it's, it's a great place to, to live really and see something new kind yeah. of every time yeah. yeah it's great so the brand name's P and Co uh, short for Provisions and Co so what does that kind of stand for? I mean we, we have like a tagline that's like Provisions for the Wild so our customers are out there you know they're, they're doing stuff they're not really they're indoors people. They're 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 inspired by like creativity a lot. Of sort of designers or photographers, but you know they they're not to live inside. Those those people want to be outdoors and experiencing that stuff. So, provisions to the wild and provisioning co. It's that's kind of what we do and who we do it for really. Mm. It certainly feels like if you look at your your kind of brand releases over um, or clothing releases over the time, that it's kind of gone from saying saying that uh, on a item of clothing mm. to especially over the last couple of years producing clothing that actually kind of supports that yeah. kind of mm. lifestyle yeah. is that fair to say yeah, has that been a kind so. of a conscious decision yeah I think so because even from the start we didn't want to just sell a, a t-shirt I think anyone can come up with a logo and print it on some t-shirts but yeah. it needs to be more we wanted something that would last and you know that. that we're going to be proud of 10-15 years down the line so t- to see that I don't know ideology into something more than just you know it's a jacket a shirt or a t-shirt yeah yeah that's we do try and do that don't we really so when you look at kind of the running of, of, a, of a brand like yours um, you know if your titles as creative director and CMO but also both founders of the brand mm. um, people can often quite look at an online kind of brand presence and go oh well they're just printing stuff and selling stuff yeah. that's all it is mm. but there's a lot behind the scenes yeah right you can't see right now but we're smirking at you because yeah. <laughs> there is a lot that goes <laughs> on behind the scenes anyone yeah. that thinks that um, yeah. yeah yeah reality check yeah, yeah. definitely yeah we've I mean it's, it's been six years um, for us and we literally have no fashion background at all so it's been six years of you know kissing a lot of frogs uh, yeah and trial just and trial and error and developing all of our products so I think we've redesigned our t-shirt Ten times, probably, yeah. But it's so important. Just, just the T-shirt, how it fits. It's, it, it's so simple for some people, but we, we want it to fit a certain way. You wear one right now. Mm. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's a lot of development that we've been doing, and it is so hard mm. <laughs> to get it right because people are dif- different sizes. We've got people in the states who want it a bit larger. We've got people in Europe who want the slim fit. Mm. And obviously, we can't offer like slim fit and you know regular in every single design. So it's like getting that middle ground is taking us quite quite mm. a lot to find it and now we're branching out into things like jackets you know women's is different kettle of fish completely yeah um so that's we're always kind of learning that, that was something that, that stood out to me actually was when i saw your uh there's some social media content around you know hey guys we're actually really focusing on the women's line now mm-hmm. and doing things bespoke for women not just doing excess and s yeah. versions of that um has has that kind of been received pretty well with, with your yeah, kind of audience it's something we're really proud of say so, you know a lot of brands you, we, do, we did sort of sell like the excess and the 
the smalls to girls, but I think it's because girls are finding the brands online, finding Pinko online, yeah. buying for their you know partners and mm. you know things like that. But there wasn't you know they were just buying an extra small T shirt for themselves, and mm. that was amazing. Like we we knew we had a, a customer there, but I think Lee and the production team were just like right this. It's good, but it's not good enough. Like we want to offer women specific products that fit, and you know, and are different to the men's. So you mm. guys have kind of spent the last, I'd say, two and a half years really developing that. Yeah, it's been a lot of development time. Um, I think I think through our fo- for like photography, when we you know we go away and do these shoots, we tend to shoot like a lot of couples. So it's it just makes more a lot more sense because you know girls we get like DMs like of oh, pinch my boyfriend T-shirt and I'm yeah. like but you should have your own really <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so we've developed like all new women's fits and ne- next year is going to be really exciting for spring summers the women's offerings are a lot, a lot, lot bigger so exciting times so you've already kind of got that planned out of what that looks like yeah there's tons of stuff we we recently released um, some overalls and they've got like sort of big chain stitching border on the back like big boiler suit yeah. thing and they've they've been received so well and the fit's great like we you know obviously when we do a product like that we you know, it's a lot of homework and a lot of looking at other things out there, but I think I'm really proud to say that ours You worked quite close to with the girls in the office as well. We did, yeah. I think it's good because we've got like a bit of a family environment in the office. Everyone has a lot of input, really. We, we value everyone's opinion. It's not mine and ad show. Do you know? It's more of like a community effort. In, in yeah, the I was doing, um, I was looking at um, the kind of what makes up your, you know, the, the team behind the scenes um, of P&Co. Um, and noticed that you know a lot of the people just uh, certainly on appearances looked quite on brand mm-hmm. it, you know has that been kind of an accident or do you think you've kind of just attracted naturally those types of people I think it is has been naturally to be honest because yeah. when we hire people we kind of you know we'll, we'll get CVs and they think right you can all do the job but you've got to fit the culture yeah yeah. so you, it's just you know pe- people being Know, thinking free and living free we just kind of ask the, the right questions and think if they're going to gel within the team mm. like everyone's a, a key player in the business from our customer support to our yeah. you know brand um brand team uh so it, it has just happened naturally which is good it has really it's quite an organic feeling in the office i think mm. everyone's got the same mindset in, sort of you know we've got a room and it is the brand like when we get like people come in it's like they just get it and you can't help but feeling when you leave that you you know, it does sort of, I don't know, you, you do take it on, like the brand becomes the people in the room. It's, it's yeah. good. <laughs> What's the kind of journey like from, you know, one of you or the team kind of having this idea of, you know, an, an item for, you know, that's going to go into line through to that being in somebody's wardrobe? Okay. Obviously, back in the day, you guys probably had an idea, you'd agree on it, or one of you would say, no, that's shit, let's do it this way and see what it looks like. Is there more of a kind of process to go through now that you've built the team? You know, do you have that kind of bit where you're like, I have a great idea, and somebody that you've hired says, actually, I think we should do it in a different way? Yeah, I think so. It is a collaborative process. Like, I'll probably come up with a bit of a vibe for like a feel of a, let's say, a collection or a particular piece. And then Luther, our lead designer, he'll sort of take it on and, you know, really take some time and develop it with, with the guys and get the fit right. And then, you know, we'll sit in and pick fabrics, and it's 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 a really exciting process. When we first started out, we were like, "God, can you imagine the day when we're going to be able to like make jeans out of that fabric, or you know, all these jackets and have it washed like that?" Because when we started, it was like buy a blank black T-shirt and then put something on it. 
which mm. is great at the time for me it was amazing because my graphics could live on something people could wear it was like wearable art but then I think it was good when we got to, to make actual other products was so much cooler and it is now like yeah. making these like really stand out pieces that people are like wow like, where do you get that you can't get it from anyone but us is when we got to the point where Jordan our kind of operations and production director was like guys we need to do our own t-shirts mm. he was like we can't be printing on other people's t-shirts you know I think we did that for two years just because obviously yeah. we we're finding our ground yeah. um, where we're sitting in the market and yeah he, he was really pushing for this like custom fit t-shirt and that's when we really started to think right where are we going to get it made how are we going to get it done we looked to get it made in the UK we ended up going to Turkey Portugal yeah, and China <laughs> now. so we, we're kind of we've got global production now which is, is crazy to think wow. you know, a few years ago we were literally printing mm. in like a shed and now we're in some of the biggest manufacturers yeah, going around good. today I think we're in I can't drop many names but I think the one in China that produced our Paradise shirts I mean they're making things for kind of you know all the top players in like Selfridges so that wow. all of our kind of products now are on a level with, with brands that we want to mm. you know be, be it's what we strive for with the quality I think we do make premium pieces but it is at more of an affordable yeah. price like we've just done like a wax jacket and I, I've that's the one piece that when we set out I was like I'm going to make that jacket like in five years time so when we did it that that was like it's a great feeling to have that piece that's in your head for so long and people be wearing it like it's, yeah. it's great like Ellis yeah yeah like Ellis <laughs> Who, for those who are listening to the podcast, can't see, but currently pointing a camera in my face. Um, <laughs> or the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, or the back of my head. Does my back of my head look good, by the way? It's it looks amazing. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you've, you've, you've set out with this um, idea and, and passion for what you're doing, and it's really interesting to hear you talking about things, you know, at the early stages, creating literally in a shed, mm-hmm. to having bespoke items created for you in these, you know, um, factories um, in different areas of the world and you've now created this item that you set out to do many years ago but I th- it almost seems like part of the DNA of the of the business is to you know keep trying new things keep pushing yourself go out there and do things so it doesn't it doesn't feel like to me oh I've done that now we'll just yeah. keep doing more of the same so are you, are you always constantly kind of, right, I've done that now what Unfortunately, yes. It's <laughs> never an easy job it's for the market. We don't, we don't stand still. I think that's why we, we're still here, really. I think if you stand still, and things move fast around you these days. Yeah. We've tried sunglasses, watches. I think it's so interesting, interesting for us that it keeps us sort of passionate about the brand. and hmm. It is fun to try those new things. I had a, um, a quote the other day, and it was, I think I even referenced it on the last podcast, and it was, if you're if you think you're standing still you're not you're going you're not, backwards yeah it's uh, true because everyone moves past you yeah that's why we ride motorbikes alright <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I suppose with that in mind are you do you still feel like you know you're at six years now would you consider yourself in very much you know high growth mode at the moment are you you, know, are you still very much focused about that next big launch or are you kind of sitting back on the success of you know the last kind of year or so? I mean, we're still trying to do a lot of growing. I think we've. I still look at the range. and I'm like, oh, you know, I want, I want a lot more pieces in the range because I think now we know we can sell these like good outerwear pieces because we know we can bolster the range a lot more. So we are trying to push for those bigger pieces. But I think we, we try and benefit the team as much as we can, as much as just releasing new products. It's like 
how can we create an environment in the studio that you know people are going to want to come in they're going to want to work here like mm. it's more than just what we sell in, isn't in, it we in order to, to grow strategically we, we want to you know have a good bedrock so we want yeah, to create something that people can you know connect with and work in an environment that's yeah going to be fun yeah that's uh, what we set out to do it definitely you know from, from sitting down with you today it, you can see that kind of the foundations of where you started from are still very much present today yeah. um which is which is always nice you always uh okay. never want to we'll never want to meet somebody who gets a bit carried away <laughs> yeah. i think it's, it's good to be like that like when we were starting out when i was at uni like i didn't have the opportunity to do like a, a placement yeah like some of the guys that have been coming on gone through our studio have and it, it's great to see young people coming in and really enjoying the brand like it, it's relating to a lot of people so looking at a lot of your your social media content and the stuff you put out on your journals on your website um you work with a lot of different people from you know lots of different areas around the world be that you know europe i know you've done a lot in in california recently mm. how do you go about kind of choosing those people you work with because obviously there's got to be that kind of aesthetic kind of vibe yep. to them um but is there anything that you kind of look for in an individual that you're you're working with i think it's sharing the values i think anyone that's out there is doing something cool and enjoying doing it so if they are you know if they are living by think free live free and yeah you know it can be like we feature like photographers you know we're not just saying it's our photography like mm. we feature other photographers around the world like even like similar sort of bike events we've been to like anyone that sort of lives by those means how we found the people as well isn't it it has really kind of be from going to places meeting with people oh this is my friend who's a photographer and then yeah. just like getting a good vibe from them so like John um Common Blood Moto on Instagram. He's one of our photographers in LA. Mm -hmm. He's just like a thorough kind of you know motorbike enthusiast, and we really got on with him. And then there's there's Cam, there's Gil, there's so many people mm -hmm. that we've worked with that we've just kind of met organically and, mm -hmm. and that we get on with. It kind of worked through in Birmingham. So then we were like we made a circle there, mm -hmm. but then we were like, hold on, when we're travelling, we can be you know making these circles in other cities around the world so mm. Australia, know, Madrid when it comes to it we can ring someone and say hey we need this content shooting or yeah, you know and it's good for us because then we, whenever we go to new cities we've got people to sort of you know go hang out and meet I mean we find a new cool coffee shop we find a cool bike builder's place or mm. it's just good for us like we love we love to travel so it's a I don't know it's like a travel guide for us having this big network <laughs> we love finding cool. new places don't we I went yeah. last uh, we went to LA last we found like House of Machines which was incredible yeah really cool and then we met the guys there and you know just like kind of still we're still kind of growing and getting into the whole kind of bike world which has been really fun because we're really kind of interested in that so it's it, it yeah it's, it's happening kind of organically and a bit strategically yeah mm. did your passion for bikes come before Pinko or was it kind of My, a, as a symptom of my dad's always ridden okay. so he's always been on bikes mm -hmm. so I've always been around that kind of thing when I was younger I used to go to the BSB so I used to kind of follow that around the country yeah. um, but after that I kind of went more into music but bikes was kind of still a thing that I was interested in and then I'd say the first year or two of getting into the brand we were mm -hmm. using a lot of bikes on the shoots and that kind of sparked something within yeah. me and Lee it was just like the, you know being out there on an open road nothing in front of you you know on two wheels a bit dangerous kind of thing it, it really kind of struck a nerve and it was what we're just the feeling with being on a bike yeah. it just it strikes a chord with what the brand's about so we're not necessarily a bright bike brand yeah 
but it's the feeling of being on a bike it's that freedom aspect you can get the same same but different kind of feeling in a car but mm. it's just the, the try and feeling we try and sell really through the brand I think my feeling of being on a bike would be terrified so I don't, really, know, yeah. what, well, I don't know what brand <laughs> I'd go for <laughs> um, so I, I think one thing is really interesting listening to you talk about kind of building this kind of circle around you and then having these kind of core networks in different areas around the world um, it certainly strikes an ever for me and I'm sure it does with a lot of the creative community around there definitely seems to be more of a push in recent years of, of people helping people yep. you know it's like or brands helping brands it's like you know when we were talking to um, Christian from Spoken Stringer earlier it's kind of like you know we have a, a you know a great kind of um, lifestyle brand you have a great presence here mm-hmm. what can we do that's going to value each other however with that I think at times you can also come across people that appear to be like that yeah. but maybe aren't like that so I think as part of, I think the question here is when you're looking at those kind of people you're working with especially kind of in the whole kind of influencer circle mm. um, you know we've mentioned earlier about how you know you kind of receive these messages all day every day about kind of hey send me some stuff let me wear mm. it for you has you know has that been a bit of a learning curve for you as well in that kind Definitely. of space yeah. yeah I think six years in we can kind of tell now you can gauge that who we, who you want to work with and you know who we might work with at a different a different stage. So it's definitely been a, a learning process. Um, but you know everyone we have worked with, like the bike shed, um, Saint, you know Bell Helmets, lo- lo- loads of companies that we have worked with. It's kind of happened, you know, organically and and for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we would never do anything that you know we we didn't we, we weren't passionate about at the time and that they weren't passionate about cool just about what feels right yeah 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 so it seems like with the kind of boom of the internet and you know uh, do-it-yourself websites and you know e-commerce sites that you're able to kind of create something in half an hour yeah every day there seems to be a new online brand clothing lifestyle brand um and you know even myself created one ran it for two years you know, enjoyed it but naturally led me to where I am here actually and more passion engaging with people mm-hmm. you know kind of going out and getting it done to reference uh, the title of the podcast um, but there's also a lot of people that go out there and they create these brands and they go oh, I've got an amazing design here and I'm going to put it on this t-shirt and I'm going to drop ship it and it's going to be great and then they realise that they're crazy anti and that one guy who posts way too much about Brexit is the only people that buys their stuff. He dropped the word, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> he got it in. <laughs> um, and they don't, re- they don't really understand why they're not selling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what would you kind of say to those people? And I guess also in that same vein, is there stuff that you learned in the early stages which you, know, you really wish you knew back then? I think it's staying true to what you're about. If you can, if you're obviously believing in your product and what your brand's going to be, it helps so much. If you're trying to ride a trend crest, it's you know mm. you'll right, you'll eventually you'll do, you'll do well, well. But yeah, that's what we've always eventually. done. <laughs> we've always stayed true to what we we want to create, and we won't compromise with anything until you know that happens. So it's kind of like we we, we don't really you know look at trends or think we'll, we'll look at what's going on in marketing who are working with each other and things like that but you know if someone's done a polka dot dress we're not going to suddenly jump on that and you know get them on that kind of train so it is you know making sure you enjoy what you're doing 
and making sure that you know you find finding the right customers and you, you're serving them well that's mm-hmm. one thing that we kind of set out to do at the start of this year was uh, customer experience from when you land on that website to when you get your package was like flawless yeah and I think this year the whole team got behind that and we've really seen an, a massive kind of impact in you know people coming back and buying more people spreading the word of mouth when they you know experiencing different elements of the brand so I think that's really key in into you know developing and growing a brand mm. I think for us it was like that being brave really you know starting a business you've got to make them take them risks <laughs> yeah and we did like when we started doing jackets I think the first ones we did were sort of heavily embroidered mm. and what it's what we would wear so it was very personal at the time it's like yeah I'm gonna make this because I want to buy that jacket yeah. it felt right it felt right so I think we were kind of gut feeling like it's gonna it's gonna work so do you have like a, a kind of internal or external sort of sounding board of kind of ideas where you kind of get to that stage where we, we sh- like you know, one we should do really we're thinking about doing more we think we've got like a pop-up in london next year so i think we think we're doing a some sort of like q a's with mm. like blokes and women to sort of come down and see previews of collections and get more hands-on so like we can be like girls like what do you think where should this patch go or yeah. you know what button finish should we use on this like overalls or on the, got some um, really good ideas with that next year yeah just getting customers more hands-on with like the product yeah because they're eventually going to be buying that thing so it's like nice you can share that story of making it with them I um, in the brand I was working on previously um, I'd, I'd have kind of a little group that was the kind of the people I'd work with you know photographers models and so on and then kind of a series of like high return buyers okay. and would just kind of like bring them into the kind of you creative process honest people as well though oh yeah you don't want yes <laughs> you don't want yes men yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what our staff are really good at so yeah yeah we are quite good we like, quite honest we, nothing is personal in the office like if if someone feeds back to someone, don't take it personally. It's because everyone's working to you know this one goal of, you know, creating a global brand. So yeah. if I say to Lee, I don't like this. I'm not you know not personal. It's, it's I think it's not going to work for our customers. Things like yeah. that. I've been pushing like an Ecru jacket, like this like <laughs> navy inspired piece. It's like got blue like writing on it and like doodles all over the fabric for years. And everyone every season I'm trying to sneak it in and they're like no. <laughs> yeah. It's just it'll make it one day. Yeah, it will. <laughs> Limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna log on one day and just find it on the site, like. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lee made one. <laughs> yeah. Ships to himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you uh, do you remember the kind of feeling you got when you first did your kind of inter- kind of a totally holistic kind of international order? You know, when those orders that come in that you're like. Because everybody starts a brand and you go, oh, I've sold five t-shirts today, but mm. they're all from my yeah. five mates. But then you get those orders that come in, you're like... We, off the bat, we didn't really push it to our mates. Because we were just like, no. we don't want them just to buy it because they think they're helping out. We mm. we just kind of, if we kind of launched it to, you know, our Instagram base and see who, who we're going to engage with it. Because we, we didn't really want that off the bat, did we? I mean, they were all supportive, mm. bless them. <laughs> and they still are today but yeah. we, we kind of started and just put it out out to the world on our on our Instagram um, but yeah the feeling it, it was it was pretty incredible wasn't it it was kind of like someone in like Japan's just ordered this like t-shirt how how have they found out about us it is crazy yeah or like somewhere in like Texas Dallas or you know LA Europe it, when we shipped to 57 countries um, 
yeah. today, I think, so it's pretty wild. Wow. <laughs> so I remember taking them on my way to university and they'd be like, one to Spain, one to Japan. Like. Oh, yeah, because we had to figure out how and to get it into the countries. Because like, how do we post something today? Like yeah. custom charges, things like that. Be, and you were like, like it's cost me like, like 50 quid to send something to Japan. I was like, <laughs> yeah. just do it because we've got a customer there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you were saying about how these kind of customers have found you and I was thinking, oh, clearly the CMO is doing a good job. But um, Thanks. actually, yeah, but that kind of raises a question of, you know, you're, you're designing things, you're marketing them, especially in the early stages, early stages of the, the brand you're doing, you know, you're everything, you're juggling one role and then doing mm-hmm. something else. Has it been quite, you know, obviously there's the, there's the creating the brand, but then there's also being proficient in your roles within the company. Mm-hmm. Has that been quite a tricky learning curve for you? I think so, yeah, because we had sort of very quick growth at the start. Yeah. I sort of came out of uni straight into the brand. It was an idea and it just worked. But going through that big growth, it was quite, I don't know, it was an eye-opener really because it was just an idea in our heads. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, we're selling quite a lot of stuff and it was like, yeah. it's got to be a business, it's got to be profitable, mm. you know, we've got to main, maintain the brand values as we're trying to grow. And yeah. I think we, we, were really, we were really good at bringing on people that had skills that we didn't have. Yeah. So like okay. we've got uh, Jordan, who kind of came on board the first year, I think we started, just mm-hmm. to kind of organise us. Cause we, we, we were a bit, you know, sporadic people. We'll, we'll be working on something and we'll think, ah, oh, have an idea, and then we'll go and have a meeting about something else. So we needed someone that was literally just going to maintain the production and make sure orders got out. So Jordan kind of filled that gap, and he's been, you know, incredible in that role. Yeah, Jordan's since. the cornerstone of the business, really helps in a lot of areas he's production manager as well okay it's quite a lot (laughs) so in terms of you know the the journey you've gone through then has there been anything that kind of stands out as is being a kind of cornerstone in you know a turning point I know I see I'm I'm kind of in my head I'm thinking about the slight situation (laughs) situation with the warehouse fire (laughs) a a few years ago (laughs) 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 how did you kind of you know, was was that a tricky time to recover from? Yeah, I remember getting a phone call. And I think it was on a Saturday or Sunday morning, and Jordan rang me. He was like, "You're sitting down," and <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Cause you want to be." Oh, I, I am actually. Yeah. Why? What's wrong? <laughs> he was like, "Maybe turn on the news," and there was like a big fire, and I'd not actually been to the warehouse yet. So oh, I was like, the first time I saw it was on TV with all of our stock in like ashes oh and a lot of smoke. But that that was a massive turning point for us. We realised then, like through support messages from like customers on social media it was insane customers wasn't it? were crazy like so well, they got behind yeah. us so well it's quite overwhelming for us wasn't it mm. we then i think then we realized we were creating a brand like people were like mm. i don't want to see pinko die it, it was more than just something on a t-shirt it was yeah so it meant something to people i can't imagine what it's like trying to come back for something like that to be honest but I mean, like it, you it, say the support yeah. there it was it was tough but it was quite like it was refreshing in a way. Yeah. <laughs> it gave us a chance to sort of sit back and be like, right, how are we going to do this? Mm. But then, you know, when we relaunched the site, how are we going to come back? So we did like a bit of a brand refresh, the web changed slightly. And it's exciting. You know, we used it as a, we used it to our advantage and it, it, it did work really a well. A springboard. Mm. It was really, yeah. We've, um, we've touched on your kind of dabblings in the retail space. So when you were in the arcade in, in Birmingham for a few mm. months. 2015, 16? Around then, yeah. I think so. Do you you think the retail space, do you think there's a home for a brand like P&Co somewhere there? Do you think it's kind of doing your own thing and taking out a space or do you see yourself kind of interested in working with 
other suppliers in the future? Yeah, I think yeah. for the next kind of 12 months for me and Lee, I think it is going to be, you know, thinking about how, how we do retail stores and what, what, what's the route for us to do that. So, yeah, we've always wanted to do another space like the pop-up, but it's just kind of been so, you know, crazy with the online kind of side of the business going um, going so well. So it, it, I think next year we're going to be able to take some time out and really have a think about what we're going to do. Yeah. I think, I mean, we've always, you know, when we... We've always said when we do wholesale, it's got to be to the right stores. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people that are going to, you know, do support the brand and you know be able to represent it right. So I think the next one of twelve months is going to be really key uh, and really fun to be honest to go meet these people and, and see what stores we want to want to get involved with. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. you know when you look at these kind of cool spaces that you want to go into, um, it's got to be right and it's got to you know serve you know your audience your customers but also your brand right yeah so when you think about p&co and you think about the retail space what does that what does that look like to you what what kind of sets you apart i mean for me i'd, I'd like to do a big sort of big scale lifestyle store you know we've, we've done things with like microbreweries we've done things that cool food events like food truck businesses mobile coffee things so i'd like to bring all those together to have a big space where it's like community centered so we've got like a um, a gallery in there there's a tattooist in there barber shop all that kind of like big scale space but then we could like maybe replicate through to LA through to other key yeah. countries so like creative stinkers and doers that's it really. it's the space roof. that we wanted when yeah. we started the brand do you think that's something that's more sought after now that you know digital is taking over the high streets dying you know you can you can get clothes online easily mm-hmm. but you can't get a new tattoo or a haircut mm. or a good pint of beer um, so do you think that is a, a strong symptom of kind of digital and e-commerce taking over mm. I think we are like so digital people now we're visual people everyone is so like inspiration's only a swipe away on your phone whether it's like looking at someone who's made an amazing cup of coffee or you know this amazing mountain scenery in Iceland or you're yeah, only think, a swipe away from the next inspiring photo at the it's moment. It's true. It's I think online. High Street mm. is probably so it's hard to compete with some. You know, you can be on your phone looking at a mountain in like you know Iceland, mm. or you can you know swipe to the next photo and it's someone going down a highway in in LA. So it's really engaging. Yeah. Um. So obviously bringing that experience out in, into a store is really you know important. I think the High Street's quite a bleak place. <laughs> probably. I'd say so, so. Bringing that inspiration to the High Street is really key if we were to do sort of stores you know whether it's a guy that's in a store that's chain stitching your jacket that's personalising it with your name or a phrase or yeah, you know just things going on in the stores we we go to Amsterdam quite a lot for sort of sourcing trips and inspiration visits and I, I love the city it's great I, I love my jeans and it's the city of Denton but mm. all their stores are great there's always something going on like as soon as you go in they've got like a little coffee bar and someone's offering you a coffee I think it's so valuable to give people experience in a store also things in the store that people are then going to want to sort of photograph so it goes full circle back to their social media yeah so then you know it starts again then and it is that kind of that whole experience all in one yeah. there was a shop in uh, Amsterdam I'll, um, I'll have to I'm sure you've probably been there but I'll send you it after this um, where's where I got those gloves from okay. but it was half the size of this room and um, you know counter you know wall windows you know all displays but a, a coffee machine on yeah. the counter 
like you know as soon as you come in hey do you want coffee you know kind of like so even if you're just having a bimble around and then you're going straight out again you're mm. still getting that yeah, kind of still experience, experience so yeah it's good so um before we start wrapping things up um there's a common theme around this podcast of would you rather so i'm gonna ask you both the same question give you a couple of seconds to think about it and then i want you both to kind of give me the answer at the same time okay so is this how well we know each other it's not like a couple's thing no no okay. um so would you rather start a p&co from scratch exactly where you were before you know minimal audience you know you don't have your knowledge of the industry you have now no team uh presence is minimal or tomorrow i wake up and p&co is blown up to the heights of vans and levi's say other denim is also available <laughs> um P&Go. but you can only print on neon green and pink garments start again yeah start again. <laughs> <laughs> start really again. you don't see any neon green bikers no i'm zero rave <laughs> culture so like, it's just not me <laughs> probably be good to see them at night but, yeah you know <laughs> reflective it's a resounding go back to the start yeah yeah mm-hmm. well thanks for coming down to Bristol and spending the day with us it's been um, awesome to hang out with you and get to know the brand a bit more um, and you know we'll, we'll get this out as soon as possible for those that want to check you out online where can they find you and have you got anything special for them uh, yeah so thanks for having us as well and um, we want to offer your listeners kind of 20% off their order um, so if I use code getting it done it, at the checkout they'll get 20% off everything uh, and our website is www.pand.co or just google provision and co and it'll it'll come up for sure awesome alright well thanks very much cheers thank you very much see you later cheers for having us.